0: Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to prepare you for Sunday worship and beyond. Join Pastor Wright and myself as we look at the issues surrounding our church, Christian life, and the world at large through the lens of Scripture. Each week, we will be guided by the upcoming passages that will be read and preached on this week, seeking to invite you into a conversation about the Word of God for you.
1: Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright.
0: And I am Vicar Leeper.
1: And today we're looking at January 24th. And we're not going to do the third Sunday uh, after Epiphany. We're actually going to celebrate a feast day. We're going to look at one of the saints. It is St. Timothy, who is pastor and confessor. And we're going to specifically look at the gospel lesson, which comes to us from St. Matthew the 24th chapter, verses 42 through 47, and it's all about being prepared for the end of the world.
0: Right. Ooh, big topic.
1: And, you know, immediately I want to make jokes about, you know, being a a prepper and we need to have, you know, the uh, underground bunker and all that great stuff. But I want you to know when the end of the world comes, there's no place you can hide. Right. It's coming for all of us. At the same time.
0: And it's a good thing? And it's a bad thing? Yes. It's it's
1: both. Well, and this is uh, one of the things that I really appreciate about Scripture and being a person of faith. Mm -hmm. I get to look at this in the way that God has laid it out. It's for the believer and it's comfort. The end of the world, and I'll repeat this again, the end of the world is for the comfort of the believer. And that seems hard to think about because... Who really wants the end of the world? It's doom and gloom and destruction. No, it's the coming of the Messiah. It's the bodily resurrection. And it's the ushering in of the new earth, the new heaven, the beginning of your forever.
0: That's right. So the end of the world is an ending. Yes. But it's also a beginning. And that's why it's good news. Right.
1: Because it's it's the beginning we're waiting for. Mm -hmm. and It's...
0: Yeah, it's the end of suffering, right. it's the end of sadness, it's the end of death, and the beginning of eternal life with God in this new heaven and new earth, which sounds awesome. You know, it's it's not the heaven that we normally envision, where, you know, we're on clouds playing harps, but we have bodies, we yes. have things to do, Yes. and all of eternity to do them.
1: Well, yeah, it's really the continuation of what we have here, but it's perfect, and I think that's fascinating because I don't yeah. know what that means. Right. And, and I don't say that uh, dismissively, but we'll still have work. We'll still have things to do. We don't just, like you said, sit on clouds and play harps, which I wouldn't mind doing. I, I would like to play the harp. I think that'd be cool.
0: I'd rather do the ocarina, but that, that's just me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, with that, um, St. Matthew, therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Well, let's put this in context. Mm -hmm. It's the Feast of St. Timothy. Right. Why would we talk about the end of the world and St. Timothy? Well, as we know, St. Timothy was a companion with Paul, Mm -hmm. and he ended up being a young pastor that Paul trained and then left. And he left him in Ephesus, and it wasn't, you know, a, a bad departing. It was, I've trained you. I'm going to put you here, be pastor, let me know how I can help. Right. This is where we get uh, First and Second Timothy. Uh, it is obvious. Timothy has written, Paul, I need some help. Here's some issues. Can you address them?
0: Right, as his mentor. Right. Well, and the church in Ephesus also shows up in the book of Ephesians, yep. which is written
1: to the church of Ephesus as well. Right. There's some problems. And these are problems that really every church has. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons that St. Timothy was left was Paul trusted him to confront the false teachers and teachings that have cropped up, the things that were bringing back the reliance on the law. If you do the law good enough, then you too will have heaven. And St. Timothy was told and told to preach, teach against this, correcting it, so that people would have the comfort of salvation, not relying on, did I do enough? Am I good enough? And this is apocalyptic, end-of-the-world stuff. When we talk about the gospel, the resurrection, the ushering in of the new heaven, new earth, it really is about the end. And that's what the church is to do, is to prepare you either for your death, or the coming of Christ, whatever right. comes first. Right. And to have that responsibility thrust it upon you and then have your supervisor or mentor <laughs> say, uh, hope it works out, give me a call if anything comes up, that's scary. Yeah. And you kind of do hear from Paul's response, Timothy, you may be young, but you have the authority. Be comforted and work within that. And I think that's amazing. Right. And it sounds like Timothy's doing a pretty good job.
0: Right. Well, and and here's and as and you talked about this, uh Timothy's job is to prepare these churches to help them get right as we like to say mm-hmm. here, to get right for their death for the coming of Jesus, and that that preparation is what it means to be the church. Yes. And so as a leader of the church, Paul is talking to Timothy about how to do this he's he's telling him that he has to fight the good fight of faith which doesn't look like the fights you know we have in the world which Mm -hmm. are often solved with with violence which are often uh you know bring in a lot of uh hurt falsehoods those things no the the good fight of faith holds on to eternal life holds on to truth and holds on to christ Um, and this is what paul is Paul tells Timothy, and that's why this this Matthew reading does does really relate. But this Matthew reading isn't about uh, what are going to be the signs. Yeah. How are you going to see it coming? Uh, no, no. This Matthew reading, which we're going to get more into, is actually about how do you be prepared, which is the perfect message for those who are in the church today.
1: Not only is it the perfect message, it is the daily life, Mm -hmm. and this is how we need to look at what has been given to us. It's your baptismal life, and it is you're forgiven in Christ. You are now free to live. Right. Well, what does that look like? Truthfully, I don't know, and that's a good thing because if I had a list, now it would be a checklist, and then we would be conformed to doing this and this only, and God did not lay that out. It is a life of service, it's a life of sacrifice, it's a life of growing in and with Christ. And this is all the preparation, because the more we understand about Christ, the more we understand about ourselves, and then the more we see the need for what Christ offers. And we also start finding the comfort of, not only has he given us promise, hope, salvation, but eternity— And we get to look at the problems, the struggles, the sufferings, the hurts, the harms, trials, tribulations, and any other synonym you want to throw in there. We get to look at them in their appropriate context on this side of heaven. Right. Now, that's hard. Yes. Because it still hurts. It's still not good. And we should never be dismissive. Oh, I'll just wade through it and I'll eventually die and go to heaven. That's not what we've been called to do either we're called to live as examples. How do we trust in God when it's hard, when we're suffering, when we're dying, when, you know, stuff, bad things happen? And this is all about the hope of Christ and what he delivers in the cross, through the cross, and on the cross. Which, again, goes right back to verse 42.
0: Well, before you do that, the, what you were saying made me uh, think it reminded me of a C.S. Lewis quote. Uh, C.S. Lewis uh, once said, aim at heaven and you will get the earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. Oh, I like that. Uh, this idea like we are focused on on what comes after, not in negligence right. of what, hap- what is happening now but what we are looking forward to that hope reframes and reshapes the life we have now and changes how we prepare for that we don't prepare in despair saying well you know this is terrible uh you know this is just going down the drain i'll just bide my time here until the end no not at all but because we know exactly what we hope for for the restoration of the world, for Christ to come back and to put all things right, we can live lives now in hope without despair, knowing that one day everything really will be put right. And we can work towards that hope now, knowing that we won't fully achieve it, but that the little steps towards it are little tastes of hope, little tastes of
1: what's to come. I think you have a good grasp and idea because it points us. And I like the idea that it reframes not only our thinking, but our words, our actions. And the thing that I like is that this is culture making. Mm -hmm. You're creating a different culture. And when we create a different culture, people take notice of that. And as Christians, we're called to live a countercultural life. We're to be in the world, but not of the world. That means that we're to be active with our neighbors, our community. But we live this, as you said, in hope. And that hope is to be seen in the way we treat others, in the right. way we talk to others. Uh, we're to be the examples. And I think this is wonderful because even when we mess up, we're examples mm-hmm. because we run to forgiveness and mercy. Right, We don't destroy and diminish people. And it's hard because we're still sinful people and we'll continue to work with that. And again, that goes right into verse 42. Therefore, stay awake. That means live out your faith. Look for and look to what you have hope in. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. And I think this is a scary statement because I know for myself, Jesus left some 2,000 years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And he hasn't come back yet. Right. I'm pretty sure I'm safe in the fact that I'm going to wake up tomorrow and he's still not going to be here.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure I'm safe because Jesus said, once said, uh, no one will know the hour. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying this is the end of the world now. So I actually oh, yeah. feel pretty safe. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs>
1: isn't the Mayan calendar, isn't it this year that— the, oh, the i've
0: I've heard different reports on that. yeah
1: <laughs> well, you know, regardless of who said that this is the the end of the world year, the idea simply with our Lord promises to come, mm-hmm. not when we expect it. And that means that we're not to be complacent in our faith, in our life, in our work, in our service, in our devotion, in the gifts of what God—it's a stewardship thing, it is a baptismal life, but we should be looking at the simple fact, God in Christ our Lord promises to come back now.
0: Yeah. And that's where where Jesus goes in the rest of this passage. In 43, he says, but know this— that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect.
1: But wait, the book of Daniel, the book of Revelation, and even St. Paul, they, there's some signs that we're supposed to be looking for so we know when the end of the world is coming for. Well,
0: actually, that's the thing, is yeah. those signs are not so that you know when yeah. this is happening. That's not the purpose of those signs. And, in fact, most of them have already happened. Or continue to happen. Or continue to happen, like happen the, repeatedly yeah. and repeatedly. These are not signs to say, all right, uh, there was a volcano eruption. That means we got 30 years left. That means I should probably pull out my Roth IRA. Like, no. <laughs> like that's that's the point is not to help you figure out when. Jesus' point here is actually the opposite. You won't know when. Right. So always be ready. The point of those signs is to let us know that these things
1: will happen, but that God still has a plan to restore his creation. Well, see, I'd even go a little bit further. Uh, These signs actually show we live in a corrupt world, Mm -hmm. and these things will happen to hasten the corruption, the fallenness. Yeah. Uh, When a volcano erupts, that destroys. Um, When meteorites hit the earth, that destroys, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, And all of this once again confirms creation's groaning. Right for restoration, for the new heaven, the new earth, all this points to what we are now fallen, corrupted, and then it points to our longing. And again, not the woe is me, if only this would happen, but our hope in mm-hmm. what's to come. Right. Well, going uh, continuing with the the text, uh, verse forty five, who then is the faithful and the wise servant? whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at their proper time. Blessed is a servant who his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. Dear listener, what has been put into your care? Are you a father? Are you a husband? Are you a mother? Are you a wife? These are vocational statements. God has placed things into your hands. Are you faithful with these gifts? And this isn't a law judgment. I'm going to come to your house and ask you if you did this or that right. Right. The life that has been laid upon you is your vocation and your gift. How have you steward the gift of husband, wife, of family, of school, of creation? And we can go on so many directions with that. And this really is Jesus simply saying, what have you done with the life that I have given you? Have you lived it in faith or have you lived it selfishly? Have you taken for yourself or have you given of my bounty? And again, we go back to the comfort. Mm -hmm. It's forgiveness. I, I have not done what God has told me to do. Well, everybody's in that same boat. What do we do with that? We go back to forgiveness, and it's not, oops, I messed up, my bad. Jesus loves me. No, I have messed up. Lord, help me to correct that. Maybe give restoration, but most of all, turn away from that continued act.
0: Right. Well, and this reminds me, and I'd like to take a moment and read uh, a passage out of First Timothy, the mm. letter that we were talking about earlier that Paul wrote to Timothy. This is from the the text for this Sunday as well. First Timothy six. Uh, 11 through 16. I'm going to be starting at verse 14. To keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen and can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Uh, I I skipped a verse there at the beginning. I want to go back to that verse 13. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. That's, that's the prelude to the part I just read, to keep the commandments unstained and free. This is how we be prepared. Uh, and this is what Paul is talking about to Timothy here that we keep the commands God has given us free from reproach, that when Christ returns, and we truly don't know when, he finds us doing what we are supposed to be doing. Kind of like, uh, I don't don't know if this was your experience, Uh, for me, I would be, you know, be left at home by my parents, maybe with my siblings, and I would get a text from my mom saying, you know, head home. And when I got that text, I knew, and I would suddenly remember, all of the chores i was supposed to do while she was gone that i forgot to do until that very moment and so in the 10 minutes when she was driving home i would quickly try to complete every chore as fast as i could uh so that when she walked in the door uh i would have everything that needed to be done done uh the thing is uh we don't we don't get a text saying uh head home uh we have to always be prepared
1: See, my experience was before cell phones, so my mom would give me a time, and you would look at that clock, and you would see, "Oh no, I better better yeah. get things done," because I did the same thing, but mm-hmm. I didn't have the the privilege or the the uh, the joy of having a text warning, right? So, well,
0: and how does and then the question becomes, how does your behavior change when you don't know? Oh yeah, when they're coming home, because you got two options, you can do what I would do sometimes if I didn't know, which is I don't know. I guess I'll push it off and do it later, which would always come back to bite me. Oh, yeah. Because they'd walk in when you don't expect and you'd say, oh, shoot, I was going to do that. Why didn't you? Uh, But so your other response, the wiser response is to say, I don't know when they're coming back. I better do it now.
1: Right. That's the responsible. (laughs) Yes. And uh, uh, certainly. And with that, it also reminds me uh, of um, St. Matthew 25, Mm -hmm. the sheeps and the goat. And when Jesus gathers everybody and he says, um, the faithful who have uh, fed me, clothed me, visited me, and all this, mm-hmm. and they answer, when did we do this? Right. And it go, again, the responsibility of faith, that just happened. It was natural. Mm-hmm. The other guys, Jesus, when did we see you naked? When did we see you hungry? When did we do this, all these things? We didn't see you. Well, you had all these opportunities but right. you didn't.
0: Jesus' point is, I sent all these people in my name. Right. Uh, they came in my name proclaiming my gospel. And you, you didn't, didn't listen. listen. Yep. Uh, you didn't take care of them because you didn't care what they were saying.
1: Right. And and I, I like, I really do like your connection because I, I know I'm very guilty of it. Um, the chance to do all the things that I know I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. but putting them off because there's always time. Right. I can do that. I can do that until you can't. And I think that is very important, especially with the warning that our Lord lays before us. And and again, we shouldn't be quaking in our boots. Oh, no, Jesus is coming. We should be with thanksgiving. Jesus is coming. And with that, it is he's coming. Let us live out our faith knowing who we are and whose we are. And that's the the great joy. I don't know when Jesus is coming. And I'm not going to then be super good just in case he shows up right (laughs) now. I'm going to live the way he told me to. Right. Because that's what he has given me. And that is the joy of what we have here at Holy Cross. That is the joy of what we are as Holy Cross. Living as sinners forgiven and the faith that is proclaimed in our thoughts, our words, our actions, as the Holy Spirit continues to move us in our baptismal life.
0: This is what we're here to prepare you to do. This is the purpose of of this podcast, is to help oh, yeah. you get right. Yep. Not just for Sunday, but as we always say, and beyond.
1: Yeah, this is a truly a, a beyond statement. Yeah. I, I like that. And it, it's humbling because... This isn't just, I'm bored, let's do something else, or let's just do some Bible talk. Mm -hmm. It is for the benefit of you, dear listener. And I hope you do find some benefit. And if you do, please share,
0: and so that others may hear this. Tell a friend, give us a a five-star review so that others can find us. Absolutely. So that others can help, you know, get right too.
1: Well, God's peace and blessings be upon you. Thank you, Pastor and Vicar, for taking our questions to the Scriptures. And thank you for joining us. If you have enjoyed being a part of this conversation, please share it so that others may benefit as well. And feel free to continue today's conversation by contacting Pastor Wright and Vicar Leeper at getrightforsunday at gmail.com. Services at Holy Cross Lutheran Church are 6 p.m. Saturday, and eight and 9.45 a.m. on Sunday. That eight o'clock service is live stream on our Facebook page and our website. Thank you. And we hope that you'll join us again next week to Get Right for Sunday.